It's one thing to be critical about the things that are happening in the world, and it's an entirely another thing to have a meaningful prescription on how to deal with it. Now, you know, one would think that it would be necessary to take a pretty deep dive into the criticism before you could come up with a viable alternative. Although I'm not entirely sure that's the case. Uh, I have operated under the assumption that it is the case for a long time, but at some point or another, it occurred to me that quite often the people who treat psychotherapy as an exploration of all their problems never really get over them. So there's something to be said for just forging ahead without thinking a hell of a lot about everything that was wrong that happened up to this point. But then you have that whole argument about those who, who don't learn from the lessons of history are destined to repeat it. Although it does have to be said that it appears that history gets repeated all the time, even by people who have a pretty good sense of what it was. Which just suggests that we're living in a world of cycles. And of course, we literally are living in a world of cycles, not only uh, here on planet Earth, the seasonal cycles, right? Uh, there are apparently other, <laughs> other uh, important cycles involved in the natural world. And, of course, the solar system itself is an arrangement of cycles. So for those of us with an interest on the potential relationship between the configuration of the solar system and events here on Earth, well, it becomes quite obvious that these cycles have a profound significance. And so... You know, it's relatively rare. Like one of the examples that I've often used is that, you know, Marx was very good on criticism, but not so great on uh, his utopian uh, aspirations. Not so great, of course, being understatement of all time. Nevertheless, and so, you know, you could say, well, that uh, prescriptions are extraordinarily dangerous. The idea of establishing some new order uh, is an incredibly hubristic thing to suggest. And it seems, well, that there are, there's a good reason why it's typically punished by uh, absolute disgraceful failure. But it did occur to me recently, <laughs> on a theoretical level at least, that there might be an incredibly elegant way of going about resolving many of the problems that we see in this world. Now, I'm not saying it's realistic. I'm just saying it's an elegant theoretical approach. So I don't think that there's any way to implement it. But I do think that were it possible to, the results might be profound, and, and it's extraordinarily simple. Instead of admiring and pursuing money, uh, make it shameful. Make it so that people who pursue money and who accumulate large amounts of money are 
seen as being the lowest form of humanity that exists. So you could say this is a kind of inversion. This is a, an approach that's well, somewhat Taoist. You know, the concept of Dao, uh, concept of inversion within Taoism is extremely important. And it takes a number of different forms. So there's the inversion of the sage who returns to the root, uh, which means becoming like a baby, which means uh, mastering the mind. Mastering the mind in a way that's not about sharpening intellect or developing a more substantiated reservoir of understanding and knowledge, but rather mastering the mind in its activity and recognizing the limits of its capabilities and seeing the benefit in being able to transcend its natural operations so that the experience of being is realized instead of this perpetual struggle in existing, of course, this is very specific in its significance, existing meaning something outside of being, ex-ist, outside of, exterior to, ist, to be. So the return to being is the transcending of the mind. And that's an inversion of what we typically do with the mind. And so it strikes me as a very elegant approach to invert the values. And what do people value more than anything else? Well, they value money because money can buy them anything they want. And money can solve a variety of their problems. One of the things that's been a struggle within Christianity has been the admonition to essentially take an oath of poverty and how Christians have jumped through hoops of fire <laughs> in order to justify not doing so. So you could say that a successful Christian is essentially not a Christian, successful in the sense of having made a lot of money. That would be an interesting uh, point for Jordan Peterson to consider. And, and so, you know, one might well ask, well, Okay, here's, it's an idea, but what would that actually solve? And how would it solve things? Well, of course, you know, it would, it, would, it would make the aggregation of power far more difficult. And if the, the fatal flaw of every republic is the growing disparity within it, well, it seems like it would solve the most fundamental political problem right off the bat. But there are so many other things, so many other day-to-day -day experiences. Because so many people feel inadequate in their lives because of their socioeconomic position. And it... it it taints their experience of life. They're really unable to enjoy their lives, even if they've had a, a decent amount of success, because they're always aware 
that their success pales in comparison to others. And so just the general psychological state of humanity would be greatly improved. I'm sure there's plenty of other things that would be uh, resolved by this kind of approach. I think also environmental issues because the motivation for tearing the earth apart is largely monetary. And of course, you know, there are some major technical hurdles to this idea were you to implement it because we've become accustomed to tearing the earth apart as a means of, well, surviving in these large cities and what have you. So obviously uh, that would involve a fair amount of, of uh, reverse engineering, let's say, to accomplish. But it does strike me as significant. Uh, for example, one of the things that I would like to do in, a, in an episode, perhaps the next episode, is to discuss uh, Sam Vaknin's prescriptions for solving the problems of the world. And one of his, I think it's the first uh, recommendation he makes, is for people to leave the cities, to stop, stop urban life and for people to return to nature. I think that's an incredibly interesting recommendation. Again, practical? Could it, could it be done at this point with eight, 8 billion people leaving the cities? trying to return to nature? I don't know. I have my doubts that it's possible. But nevertheless, in terms of rebalancing the, the circumstance, uh, this makes a tremendous amount of sense to me. Quite often, you know, what you need to do is a kind of reversal, an inversion of what you were doing in order to correct for an imbalance. So if you're doing something extreme and it gets ever more extreme, well, obviously, you might have to stop doing that thing <laughs> in order to return to some kind of balance. You know, what is it? The, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Well, we really, we're very good at that one, insanity, this species of ours. So I think, yeah, there would be some major obstacles to an implementation of this incredibly simple principle. Of course, one of the primary obstacles would simply be convincing enough people to think in this way. You know, that's, that's you could say, an issue in the meme domain. So would it be possible for people, and in a way, this is something that has been going around for a few millennia, and, and, of course, the teachings of Jesus is one of the primary ways in which it's brought to the fore. And yet, at the same time, even within the Christian world, it's uh, kind of ignored. You'd say, it, in some respects, uh, Christianity was itself inverted from, from the teachings of Christ to the dogma of the church. You know, the indulgences. Basically, <laughs> of course, the indulgences weren't just on the basis of saying your prayers, going to confession, but it was on the basis of money. Wealthy people would go pay a bunch of money to the church. The church would say, okay, don't worry about it. Your sins are forgiven. And if that isn't an inversion of, you know, well, okay, we don't need to get into all that. Nevertheless, 
the question of implementation is way beyond the scope of, uh, of what I was hoping to discuss here, although it does become, of course, the most interesting question once you accept that the idea would be worth, uh, it, that it might actually be effective if only it were realistic. The one thing I would say about any effort at implementing this idea is that it seems most likely that it would have to be initiated by those who are wealthy. In other words, it would require that the already powerful, prominent, uh, charismatic characters at the top would make the case for it and take action themselves. So if someone like Elon Musk, the richest person in the world, would essentially... Like, I don't know that he would necessarily have to step out of his position, but if he essentially, like, took a vow of poverty within that position and began the transition of turning people's attention away from worshiping money and towards a far greater value through his own example. I, I think that it would probably require a number of characters like that doing something in order for it to, to actually occur. I don't know that a, a grassroots movement could really accomplish anything because fundamentally it would have to be the powerful people today turning their backs on the thing which has given them power. And I, I don't think it's particularly meaningful for uh, us ordinary people who don't really have any power to turn our backs on it. It just, I don't think it would accomplish much. So, okay, I think that might be all I have to say about this. And that's good. I like the idea of a nice pithy episode for a change. It's, it's difficult to say some things in under 15 minutes, but it looks like I'm going to have succeeded here, unless, of course, I forgot something and have to insert it later. But barring that, uh, I think it's safe to say that this is the end of this episode and that if you enjoyed it, I would greatly appreciate you doing something to uh, show appreciation, even if it's only sending it to other people for uh, their consideration. Or, uh, or if you are someone who has not yet subscribed to my Substack, that is sort of the thing that I'm using as the central clearinghouse for sending stuff out into the world. So uh, if you want to keep up to date with the various things that may or may not occur coming from this, these quarters here, I hope you will sign up at taijireality.substack.com. That's T-A-I-J-I-R-E-A-L-I-T-Y taijireality.substack.com. You can also uh, do a, a subscription plus type of thing. I don't know what, what, how they really make a distinction between, oh, it's a free subscription. You can do free subscription or a regular subscription actually gives me a few bucks, which of course would be greatly appreciated. Um, and, uh, or if you prefer to do Patreon, we've got patreon.com slash taijireality. You can do PayPal through taijireality at gmail.com. And all that good stuff. I appreciate your time because uh, time is valuable. And I know it takes time to listen to these things. And I know these things aren't exactly the most easy to listen to audio programs. 
And, uh, and so I do hope that you find it of value, that it gives you some food for thought. And, uh, and of course, if there's something that you'd like to say, feel free to contact me. There are various ways to do so through Substack, commenting on the videos and blah, 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 all that stuff. Okay, until next time, that's it for now.